Welcome to Main Street Banking, a podcast for community bankers brought to you by the Barrett School of Banking and ICBA Securities. My name is Byron Earnhardt, and I'm the Programming Director at Barrett. It is our mission here to serve the community banking industry with information that is informative, relevant, and hopefully we'll have a little fun along the way. So, from Memphis, Tennessee, home of banking, blues, and barbecue, welcome to our little corner of the community banking world. And we hope that we can make your bank, your staff, or maybe just even your day a better one. Okay, welcome back to the Main Street Banking Podcast. Um, I'm very, really excited about this episode because it's a topic that's that's been out in the in the conversations that are going on today all over social media in the in the regular media um, and we're very glad to have this guest and to be addressing this topic so I'd like to bring on Paul Mursky uh, Paul is the executive vice president for congressional relations at the ICBA Paul welcome to Main Street banking why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your role at the ICBA sure um, I'm the executive vice president for Congressional Relations at the Independent Community Bankers of America. I do um, most of the strategy and lobbying for the ICBA. And this IRS reporting issue came up as a very hot topic issue that we needed to push back on. Yeah, um, uh, again, I know it's very busy time for you right now, especially even today. Uh, we're recording this on November 2nd uh, and dropping this tomorrow. So thank you for your time. And as you mentioned, the IRS reporting proposal has faced you know, widespread community bank and even consumer opposition. So I was wanting to know if you could explain a little bit uh, as to the why that's the case. Sure. So going back to May of this year, the Biden administration and the U.S. Treasury Department put out a proposal for raising tax revenues by having every financial institution in the country, every bank, report to the IRS on the inflows and outflows of customers' accounts. And that started out at $600. So any movement of funds into or out of an account or between your bank accounts of $600 or more would have to be reported annually to the IRS. And basically, we looked at that and said, well, this is going to sweep up every bank customer, virtually every bank customer, into this massive IRS reporting dragnet. And we better let the bank customers know about this. Yeah, I, I think when we when it hit, I think that was the alarming thing that that came out with from a lot of bankers, myself included, that, you know, it was just. That, that was a pretty wide dragnet, as you put it, and um, that's what really brought a lot of concern out. Um, I understand that you and the ICBA have led the charge to bring these concerns to the forefront, and let me say thank you uh, on behalf of the bankers and in the industry. Thank you for leading the charge, t- uh, pointing the spear on that for us. Can you talk about what the ICBA has been doing on this front? Sure. So when we spotted this provision in the President's Green Book, the Treasury proposal, uh, we thought it was important to meet with Treasury. So we met with Secretary Janet Yellen and other Treasury officials. We met with the IRS Commissioner, Charles Reddig, and we got some more information on this proposal. And once we got that additional information, 
the proposal seemed even more onerous and more intimidating uh, to the banking sector uh, because of the uh, swath that it was going to take and sweeping up everyone's personal accounts. And it's not something that banks monitor now. Uh, banks don't collect all the information on inflows and outflows, uh, transactions of every account to report to the IRS. So it was going to take uh, massive new software, hardware, staffing, reporting, privacy notices, on and on. But the real point is that it, it really was an invasion, an invasion of customers' privacy. It's a proposal that basically assumes everyone's a tax cheat and we have to spy or snoop on your financial data uh, to, to prove otherwise. And that's just uh, above and beyond what, what bankers normally do. Banks are there to provide credit and, and financial services to their customers, not to be the police force for the IRS. Uh, absolutely. Uh, I think what was really staggering to me was that six at the six hundred dollar level, uh, if if you know average of fifteen dollars an hour times forty uh, times forty hours a week, and you're right there at the six hundred dollar notice. How many of our customers are that and more um, in terms of like the weekly paycheck? And I, that was just really staggering, as you said earlier, the the breadth of that, and then the the burden that that would be on banks to to report that. Right. Well, that that was kind of the rub that this was a proposal to close the tax gap by going after, quote unquote, wealthy tax cheats. Well, wealthy tax cheats uh, shouldn't be sweeping up people that have six hundred dollars in their checking account or savings account. So after that opposition, they started tweaking the proposal, saying, well, maybe maybe we'll go to $10,000 instead of $600. But since it's measuring flow, any amounts coming in and out of an account, even $10,000 would trip up a minimum wage level earner putting that money in their account and then paying bills and taking it out over the course of a year. So even at $10,000, because it's measuring flow, uh, didn't work. And, And we just continue to oppose this uh, onerous idea and really got the grassroots involved and our community bankers around the country. We have nearly 5,000 community banks around the country. And they thought it was important that they inform their customers to know what might be happening to their private financial data at their bank. And I thought that was one of the great things about y'all's initiatives and about the uh, what the banks have done was um, not only educating themselves as bankers, but really um, educating their their customers so that um, they were they could be made aware of it. And I thought that I, I thought that that's really brought what would ordinarily be you know who really pays attention to IRS proposals in terms of you know what's going on in the national media um, that bankers and the ICBA really did a great job of putting that out there in the national conversation. I think that was uh, very wise. Well, that that's a good point because that's the whole reason why you have a national community bank trade association, mm-hmm. ICBA in Washington, DC, uh, to be the eyes and ears for the community bankers of what's going on in Washington 
on Capitol Hill, um, in the administration, in the regulatory agencies. And you know, when we spotted this proposal, um, we immediately went into action um, informing our members, informing uh, banks around the country. And they in turn said, well, this is so important, uh, the impact on our customers that we need to get them involved as well. So that's where it started. Uh, it really took off. Uh, we've had hundreds of thousands of uh, calls, letters, messages into Capitol Hill in opposition of this. Uh, there are several bills that uh, completely oppose this uh, proposal that have widespread support. Um, many members uh, came out in opposition to this and did amendments to oppose it. So uh, we even did a survey to, to you know, check for ourselves uh, with Morning Consult and 67% of people surveyed said that the government has no business uh, looking into their personal financial transactions, regardless of their tax liability. So I think we have the high ground on this proposal. Um, everyone agrees that people should pay what they owe in taxes, what they honestly owe in taxes, but the massive dragnet of this bank policing on everyone's financial account was a bridge too far. Well, yes, I, I agree. And I think that's staggering, that 67% number, um, regardless of you know any other issue. Finding an issue that two-thirds of Americans agree on in today's environment is pretty impressive. <laughs> and so that, that to me, that speaks to the, uh, the universality, I guess, of, uh, of, of this issue um, and you know, why it is so important. You, uh, you had mentioned, Paul, earlier that you know, it had shifted from $600 to $10,000 and new bills are being introduced. So it's, thankfully, it's an evolving and changing uh, uh, proposition. So where do things stand now? I understand it's been omitted as of today. It's been omitted from the current reconciliation package framework. So does that mean that we can declare a victory and that we've won or where do we stand? Well, the good news is that we've been able to keep this provision out of the current drafts that have been circulated on the Build Back Better plan, the large budget reconciliation plan, uh, because of the massive opposition to this proposal. Uh, we are pleased to see Senator Manchin, Democrat from West Virginia, come out and oppose and raise concerns on this proposal. But until this budget is voted on, until it's passed, uh, this is a revenue raiser that uh, a number of members of Congress still want to see in the proposal. Uh, the administration and Treasury is still pushing hard to include this IRS reporting because it raises money to pay for or offset other spending items. So we're not out of the woods yet, but the, the good news is that because of the overwhelming grassroots opposition, uh, members of Congress are really, um, you know, concerned about putting this in and so far has not been added to the language of the budget bill. Right. Uh, so let's, let's go go there a little bit further. What are some of those forces working in favor of or against, I would say, reinsertion of this proposal into that reconciliation process? 
Right. That's a good question. So, you know, a lot of high powered um, politicians are still involved in pushing this. Uh, everyone from the you know, administration and treasury uh, to the tax committee uh, chairman uh, in the House and Senate are still pushing to include this. Um, so that's forces pushing forward. Um, uh, you know, as as the amount of the spending bill comes down in, in recent days. Uh, the price tag for the bill has been cut. Uh, I think that works in favor of, of needing to have to do this onerous IRS snooping proposal. Um, so that's a benefit. And just the continuing grassroots, people are still weighing in very heavily uh, with Congress and their members of Congress to oppose this IRS profiling. Yeah, I, I agree. Let's and you know, I think I think in this podcast, you're probably preaching to the choir in terms of um, the the this this proposition, this proposed uh, reporting. And so, uh, I think the big question here that our listeners want to hear is: How can community banks and bankers? How can they ensure that their voices continue to be heard? And what can they do to get involved? Sure, they should definitely contact their members of Congress. The ICBA makes it easy. You could use the banklocally.org slash privacy website, and that'll uh, tee up uh, your ability to directly contact your members of Congress. But uh, continue the grassroots. Um, the whole purpose of you know, raising our voices on this issue is to bring it to the attention of members of Congress, and it has been working. Uh, many members of Congress have opposed, outright opposed this proposal. So it's not over yet, but the best thing you can do is let your members of Congress know that uh, you're not uh, in favor of this IRS snooping proposal. I think that's well said, uh, Paul. And, you know, it seems that Sometimes I've heard some bankers say, you know, just calling calling Congress, the members of Congress, what does that do? But I think to hear someone in your position, I hope the audience, our listening audience is hearing that you have, you know, the, the executive vice president for ICBA's congressional relations saying, call your Congress person, call, get involved, send emails, get on the website and do that and then share that out with your with your customers. It works. It's working. Keep fighting. Keep pushing. Paul, I appreciate your time today. I know you're a busy, busy individual, so I appreciate you taking your time with us today. Um, we will have the banklocally.org slash privacy in the show notes and on the show page. So uh, click forward on that and um, be sure that you contact your members of Congress. Paul, thanks again for your time, buddy. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Well, that wraps up our episode for today. Thank you for listening. If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss out on the latest episode. We'd also appreciate a five-star rating as well, as that will help get the content out to more listeners. We appreciate ICBA Securities for their sponsorship, and if you would like to know more about quality investment products, services, and education at competitive prices, check out their website at icbasecurities.com. And finally, if you don't follow Barrett on our social media platforms, be sure to check us out on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook to stay up to date with all the cool new things that we've got coming up. And as always, from Memphis, Tennessee, the home of banking, blues, and barbecue, thanks again for tuning in, and we hope you have a great day.